0: It is H-28. Now, you folks know what H is. That's the symbol. That's the letter for the month of March. Last Monday in March, Dan Nathan. This is Market Call. I'm Guy Adami. I'm always joined by Dan Nathan. But look, we're sitting next to each other. And you know why that is? Because we're coming to you live from CME Group in chicago illinois we are here people and today's market call is brought to you guess who cme group where risk meets opportunity and of course open exchange because they manage the virtual meetings that matter but effectively this is not a virtual meeting this is a re- we're sitting next to each other this is a real yeah, meeting and it's
1: virtual for anyone else who's watching it you and i are here you it's know an excellent I mean? and, and we're actually you. overlooking the river right here we're on south wacker Right. Mm-hmm. And we're overlooking the river right there. Send River send. Uh, that's not, not the send, That's in Paris. I was hoping there'd
0: still be some of that green water in there. What no. do they do? No, no. no I, think, I think that sort of dissipates over time True, is my yeah, sense. Yeah, It lasts for a few days post St. Patrick's Day then it sort of dissipates. Like most things, it flows into you know a larger disi- you know body of water. You know dissipating right now? Your, remember, the, your attention no, no, span. No, no, remember
1: that market sell-off that we were in the throes of just a couple of weeks ago, and the market participants, at least in the equity markets, were kind of focused on a whole h- host of things that they haven't seen in a very long time. Stock market, I think the S&P was what, done? of its
0: lows, the NASDAQ was down 23%, and they've actually had an absolute rip over the last couple of weeks. What's going on here, guys? Last week was remarkable the way the market came back. Caught me off guard. And listen, I think people try to explain it in retrospect. I have no explanation. I'm not quite sure what the market's looking at, but well, hold on, the- hold on, hold on. Okay, Tuesday. No, no, Tuesday, hold on, Tuesday, no, hold day,
1: on. The, the day before the Fed meeting, I said to you, you did. okay, no, you and did. the market started picking up a little bit. We had that day on Monday, and I said Tuesday, the day before the Fed meeting, I said, Guy, do you think they sold the rumor and they're buying the news, and you said, matter of fact, that's going to happen?
0: But I never thought it would last as long as it did. I didn't think yeah. it was going to be as aggressive to the upside as it was, and here we are. So, yeah, I thought it would be that by the room. I thought it would be short-lived. And listen, I still believe this market has flipped from buying all sell-offs to now selling all rallies. I'm still there, although it's hard to hold on to that. But what do they call it when people, they put them clamp-ons on and they go out and they, with the rope and the- It's called mountain
1: climbing, mountaineering?
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting because Tom Lee is talking about this whole Ah, wall of worry uh, thing, which I've never used that example, but Tom Lee's bringing out a note and he's basically saying, and I don't know if I agree with this necessarily, but equities are priced in the fact that the yield curve is inverting and all these different things going on with the Fed. Listen, he puts out a pretty cogent response to this and a pretty good argument. Yeah. I just don't know if I believe it. Now, the market believes it right now. We'll see how long that lasts. Well, now.
1: here's the thing. You and I have talked about this for years. You think the Fed, I mean, you know, they have this dual mandate. The dual mandate is what? stable. The prices dual and mandate full is to make
0: sure the NASDAQ and uh, the S&P 500 go up. And their other dual mandate is full employment, yeah. which we're clearly at. I yeah. mean, there's no question about that. And what was the other thing? Stable prices. Oh, stable prices. <laughs> so you don't think we well, have stable prices? Well, if you've watched the bond market over the last year and a half, it's anything but stable. But I'll save that, Dan. Please continue. Yeah, no, no, what I know. was going
1: to say is, listen, no, Scudami. I mean, the point is, now they have a quad mandate. And I just don't believe that everything that we don't know, and Tom's point is this, is like markets climb walls of worry, all right? <laughs> and at this point, we've had this sharp rally off of those recent lows. We sold off into the Fed basically doing their first interest rate hike since 2019 and then they basically signaled that they're going to fight inflation very aggressively right and so if you think about what's going on right now i mean like to me okay i believe that stocks at this moment in time guy have priced in what they believe the fed is likely to do in a way and we're going to look at the cme fed watch tool what's pricing in for the next meeting in may here so the point is he's saying Market participants know what the Fed's going to do. But all that other uncertainty, guy that's the wall of worry. That's the stuff that I don't believe is really.
0: When the Fed was accommodated for the last 13 years, specifically when they really threw fuel on the fire in the height of COVID, you could have said, well, we know exactly what the Fed's going to do. They're putting $4 trillion in the system. Correct. Market rallied for a year. Yep. Market rallied for a year. So the market knew what they were going to do. But the market didn't price that in. The market continued to route. So I think the market understands what the Fed's doing, but to suggest that the equity market has priced that in at this point, I don't think you can do all that. Right. Well, That's look, just my point. No, I, I, I guess, mean, that's just my no, point. I, I get what's different
1: this time oh. is all the uncertainty that we have globally right now. The globe was supposed to be in an endemic right now. We were supposed to have a reflation trade economically, not the consistent strains that we have on supplies of really important commodities and such. And so like taking the situation with Ukraine out of the way, I mean, like that really is where we are supposed to be. Let's look at the S&P 500. Please. You, you just mentioned it here. Look at the futures here. We have a one-year chart. I think it's interesting. I drew the line. You see it in red. It's horizontal here. We are right up below that kind of 4,600 level where the S&P futures topped out almost two times in February, right? And we had that kind of retest of the January lows here. We've had this rip, okay? No, yeah. Again, now we're down about 5%. We're above the 200 moving average. That chart looks to me like it's basically going to need a whole heck of a lot of really good fundamental inputs. As we get into quarter end, we know that we're going to have Q1 earnings coming in the next few weeks. I just don't see that as a catalyst for moving stock valuations higher. That's what
0: you have to ask yourself, folks. What's the catalyst? Obviously, listen, we've seen a mine. I think the S&P is rallying with 350 handles or so off the low, maybe more than that. What's the catalyst now? The bears had to prove themselves at the lows. They weren't able to. Now the bulls have to prove themselves, and we'll see if they're able to. I don't think they are. That horizontal line is exactly right. To the penny, as Carter would say, we are touching it. But look at that 200-day moving average. We point this out all the time. Lower left to upper right, effectively a trend line. It is flattening out here, and I would suggest it's going to start to turn lower. And we're going to sort of, there's going to be this battleground around the 200-day, and I think inevitably we're going lower. I'll say it again. I think 4,000 is the first logical stop. 37.50 to me is still a number that's in my head. Now, Tom Lee obviously disagrees with that. And he might be right. Listen, that's been the right course of action over the last 13 years is to buy and sell off the market just sort of levitates higher. I just think given everything that's going on in the world right now, it's very hard to make that bullish argument. Yeah, yeah. so we got to talk about rates here. There's a long distance of time. I think we're
1: a little more than a month between the Fed's next meeting. We know that there's going to be a lot of Fed speak. We know that they like to jawbone stuff. The difference right now is when they're usually jawboning stuff, they're jawboning towards the dovish side, right? And that's giving kind of a bid to equities. Right now, they're actually talking about being more hawkish. Look at all the the major houses on the street. They're talking gold, Lindsay's you know, you know treasury yields, curve inversion. The curve inversion. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at the two ten spread versus a dollar versus the stock. Market here, but the CME Fed Watch tool, we keep a very close eye on it. We quote it every week here. It's pricing at a 50 basis point, about a 75% chance of a 50 basis point move. But one thing I'll say is that was the same case about a month ago for this meeting that we just had, and it did not come into fruition.
0: It was also the case prior to Russia Ukraine. I think a lot of people changed their tune when that started. And now I think people realize and wait a second again, just my opinion, but inflation is a problem pre Russia Ukraine. It's clearly more of a problem now, and if peace were to break out tomorrow, the inflation problem that we had is not going to abate anytime soon. So I think a lot of these banks are realizing that, wait a second, maybe this is just, in terms of our world, a bit of a head fake, and a 50 basis point hike is appropriate. By the way, it's absolutely appropriate. That's yeah. what they should have led with, and there should be, between meetings, they have these you know, mid-meeting rate hikes. You should see one of those. You really want to wake up call? Do whoa, that whoa, whoa. because hold
1: on. that's really important. That's here. really so, but, what but they should back. be doing. You, you and I, over the course of the last twenty years, we've gotten accustomed in crises, and this is what also is different this time, guy. We are in a crisis right here. Yeah. But the Fed's
0: crisis. Well, hold on. Is, what's the crisis? The crisis is inflation. Correct. Yeah. So, so they've so, never so, had that
1: issue, right? So, so the, the before when they would do a surprise rate cut it would be actually just stoke inflation, right? Just stoke risk asset prices. And so your guess is as good as mine. If they come out and they do that between that early May meeting, I don't think it's gonna be the thing that stock market investors would be happy to see. But let's look at this one chart, because this is kind of a weird one here, Guy, and I just thought I'd throw it up here. This is a 20-year chart of the S&P 500 versus the 210 spread here. And you can see the instances when it averted back in 06, and then again in 2019. And recessions did follow, no doubt about it. Stock market will continue to rally, I guess, into it until we really start to think, okay, the likelihood of a
0: recession's here, that won't be good for equity prices. What does this chart say to you? Well, it says what's going to go on. I mean, again, the, the equity market is the yellow line there. I mean, yep. again, lower left, upper right. But now the bond market, the yield curve is telling a much different story. And you know, say the market's forward-looking, to a certain extent it is. What that's telling me right now is The market still believes, for whatever reason, the Fed is still going to be accommodative at some point and or this economy is going to resurge in the back half of this year. But I don't think either are going to happen. I think the Fed absolutely has to put the brakes on. And I don't think the economy is going to be nearly as robust, which means what? means earnings go down and you no longer have the Fed backstop. So you had complete tailwinds for the last decade or so. Those tailwinds at least now have gone away if not become headwinds. Well, it's funny. I mean, your point is
1: if they go from this really you know, hawkish stance where they've signaled you know, 6-7 rate hikes, and we know that some banks or strategists, economists are suggesting maybe seven, eight, nine 9 over the next year and a half or so. If they do flip the switch and they go back to being dovish, that means that we're a, yeah, a whole host of trouble. But here's the thing. This is the one reason why I think you have to be skeptical for the risk that this S&P at least could get back to unchanged down only 5% of the year, because we know that these massive mega cap stocks tech stocks in particular are driving the train here if you look at the nasdaq in particular over the last you know few weeks the month of march here you see that tesla and nvidia the ones with you know that were like the trillion dollar mm-hmm. names or you know kind of i guess flirting with a trillion dollar market cap prior to the market sell-off we know the mega names of microsoft the apple the google and the amazon all were north of about two trillion or so those ones, though, the Tesla and Nvidia are interesting to me because they're more risk on. Don't you think the yeah. other ones, I guess, will do well in an inflationary environment, in a deflationary environment? Like they they're just, they're, they're the ones that are going to do well. What is Tesla and Nvidia up like that telling you? Well, let's month? take
0: the first three. Yeah. I mean, let's look at Tesla, for example. Tesla traded down to $700 on the screws. Yeah. Has bounced since. What does that tell me? Well, I think part of it is the energy fears. I mean, people were piling into Tesla for obvious reasons, fundamental reasons. I think the other thing is the news we're seeing today Tesla's talking about a stock split. So I'm going to play. So that to me is obviously the juice for this. But that Tesla chart 40%, guy? 40% in two weeks. 40%. That's like you put 400. And I've said this before. Is that a healthy move? I mean, think about what Alibaba did over the course of a day and a half. It rallied. 50, 50 percent. It's a 300 billion dollar company. So this is not a healthy market. So your point is well taken. But I think we're going to go to that trend line that you drew. And I think we're going to exhaust ourselves there. So. Again, why did Tesla rally? Those are reasons. You talked about NVIDIA. We can talk about the reasons why there. But this Tesla, I think, the only reason the NASDAQ has any legs today, obviously, is on the back of this. Yeah,
1: well, let's look at the NASDAQ 100 futures here because, you know, look at this thing. And I think it's interesting. It looks very different than the S&P 500. Obviously, it sold off, you know, to a larger extent. So, you know, really worse relative strength to the S&P 500. We know that there's lots of names that are down 50, 60, 70%. Those major names, though, I don't think any of them were down 20% at their lows when I say the Microsoft, the Apple, the Google, the Amazon, and they kind of really held it together, but it's still below its 200-day moving average. Again, just like that kind of 4,600 level in the S&P futures, that 200-day at Mm 15,115 or so, that to me looks like a good level to take a shot as we go into quarter end, the potential for guide downs or negative pre-announcements in early April and into earnings season, I think you want to fade it.
0: I agree with that. And if you look at this, you mentioned this is not nearly as good-looking a chart as the S&P was in terms the futures without question. Here, we have not breached the 200-day moving average to the upside. We're trading right up to it. And if you look at that, that high we made four or five months ago, the S&P made a new all-time high. The yeah. NASDAQ was unable to do that. That's something to keep into consideration. And again, the 200-day moving average, lower left, upper right, flattening out. If we have that rollover that I think we both think is coming, that 200-day is going to start to roll over as well. And then I think taking out those lows we made literally just a few weeks ago i think is inevitable and you mentioned the reasons why and i think they're all right in front of us listen you've had a heroic move in apple from that sort of 153 ish oh, level yeah i mean think about where we rallied up to back in news you last know, that's a good segue you know why the
1: apple i you go in there well did i just jump know. the gun I mean, no, no i don't did know it. i, did know, you know, I, the I th- thought it was really interesting because even today the headline is you because because I'm sorry, I'm sorry because the remember, Chinese in, in are oceans, locking down.
0: remember in oceans 11 when when brad you're Clooney, you're Clooney, i'm Pitt. i'll be cluny well, but not that anybody particularly no, cares but brad agrees. pitt was born on december 18th 1963 oddly enough exact same birthday exact same it's birthday you. now the scene i'm talking about is when he gets brad pitt out of jail yeah. and they go in the elevator and yeah. he has this little thing he says yeah and then Clooney says to Brad Pitt that I rush it and and He's Brad like, yeah. just He's a little like, bit you yeah. did, but that's
1: what you just did. All right, know. but let me ask you this: What was one thing Apologies. that Brad Pitt was doing throughout that entire movie? There was really he was written? eating. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. He had like yeah. yogurt, yeah, whatever stuff, it was. Or it was just fruit some, salad. Yeah, all right, we're getting on the ribs there. Sorry, sorry, about sorry. That. All right, but, but here's no. the thing I was gonna say a,
0: yes, Apple and what's going on in China. You're 100% <laughs> oh, that's right. Where you're going. Please, okay.
1: Well, I mean, listen, you know, they just locked down a city of 25, 25 million. million people, yeah. So Apple's
0: cutting down a city so. of 25 that's million crazy. people. It's, yeah. it's there are I mean, that's crazy. That's like the, that's like the, the Central America. So think about that. And again, so with all that's happening there, obviously, but it doesn't budge doesn't, until it does. I think, again, the re, for Apple specifically, I think the market participants seem to be using that as a safe haven asset. They're like, you know what? We're going to get out of some of these high valuation, high growth names. We don't want to be out of the market entirely. Let's find a place that we can sort of wrap our head around in terms of valuation. You would say correctly that, you know, you might think you're in for valuation reasons. It's not nearly as yeah. cheap or as inexpensive or as attractive as you would think. It's Apple, I get it but at 27 times earnings with the earnings growth and the revenue growth that they're seeing, it doesn't make sense in this environment. If that was any other company with those metrics, You'd be like, you got to sell this thing.
1: Yeah. So the China thing is really interesting, just in general, as it relates to Apple, because we know that a lot of their manufacturing, a lot of their parts, a lot of demand, a lot of future demand, you know, comes from there. And so when we've been talking about this a little bit, where a lot of US multinationals, they cut off sales to Russia, right? And so if there was something, and we're going to talk about this, you know, probably for the next few months or so, if there's some sort of dust up, as you've been saying, with China and Taiwan, and we know a lot of production happens in Taiwan. We know Taiwan Semiconductor, we know Foxconn, Huawei. You know these are these are companies that are some of them are Taiwanese and they do a lot of stuff in China that could be an issue. But let's talk about crude oil here because that's the impetus that lockdown for this dramatic move lower mm-hmm. here. It's held that uptrend. You've been on this call from the low sixties. You thought we'd get to one hundred, and then you said we get to one hundred and twenty. Thought we'd see a pullback here. Is this kind of just a back and fill? Or if you look at that uptrend that we have and you see the two hundred day guy all the way down there near eighty bucks, if there was a de-escalation. In the situation with Ukraine, mm-hmm. is this thing going right back to 80? Well, that's,
0: that's the next leg lower. So what you just described is the reason why crude probably gets back to that $80 level. And effectively, though, still being an uptrend yeah. that we've been in for quite some time. The fundamentals of oil have been in place not only for the last six months, probably the last 18 months. And now it's starting to come to fruition in terms of the price. Yes, I thought we'd trade 120. It did. We thought it would back and fill. It did. And then I thought we'd have another leg higher. We did. Today's move is disappointing for the bullish thesis, obviously on the back of the news that you just mentioned, so I understand it. I don't think it's over. Now, it's really hard to make that argument when you see it down 8 9% yeah. in the course of a day, but I think everything is still in place for crude to continue to go higher. Today, notwithstanding. All right, so
1: let's go back to October, November. Let's go a little time machine here. We didn't oh, have I like that. We did not have Omicron yet. Okay. We did have Delta in Q3 and we saw that there was some volatility. I think crude oil topped out in the mid to high 70s during the Delta period. Then we came in, and the whole fear is obviously global slowdown, pushing out the recovery, that sort of thing. Then we got back, we made a new high in crude. We got basically back to 80, sold all the way down to 63. So I I guess a retest of that fall high would kind of make some sense, given the uncertainty that, listen, China locks down cities of 25 million people, and we're talking about maybe tens of thousands of cases here, which which are really a situation that we still have in America right now. So the
0: question you have to ask yourself, is crude Let's play it out. If crude goes down to those levels, if you have another 15, 20% yeah. move in crude from yeah. where we are right now, is that bullish or bearish for equities? All right, that's where I was going next. I, I mean, to me, i I'm, to, see, to, to, that's to me, what happens. Sometimes you're in said kind, you can't we get kind of, out. We kind of share they call experience. that an
1: ear, ear bug. Well, but that, that actually speaks to, I think, some of the things that Tom Lee is talking about what's priced into equities right here. What's not priced in possibly is crude oil going back towards $80 or $75. And that could be the thing that has the S&P unchanged in the year. I did get an email from somebody, Tom, who likes to to kind of pick at some of my commentary on on Fast Money and Market Call, he thought from when I got left for vacation in early March to when I got back mm. a week and a half later, he thought I'd changed my tune. What I'm trying to do is think about what are the ways that I could be totally wrong on the S&P move. And that would be it. I think if you saw, you know, commodity prices come in, that would signal that maybe the fed has the opportunity to take their foot off the pedal a little bit guy. Do you, know, of do, you do you know who
0: Burgess Meredith yeah, was? He, he
1: was, he was Mick. And in,
0: in, in, uh, in first of all, he played a lot of things, but yeah. Rocky made him famous. He was, I think he was like, he was in uh, the Batman 2 back oh, away, yeah. the way. Oh, the original show. No, but you, you asked me why. You, you saw that first run. I did. Undie you say, dude. why yeah. you bringing it up? Because in Rocky 2, I believe, they are in a ballroom when Rocky was working out. They yeah. weren't in like a gym. No, that was gym. Rocky 3, actually. Whatever. He and thought he
1: sold out, basically. He's he told he sold out. Yeah.
0: And then there was a piano player playing yes. the Rocky theme, Correct. and Burgess Meredith Mick said, you know, change your tune. So yeah. anytime I hear yeah. people say, change their tune, oh, yeah. You don't care. That was uh, you're not my point is you're not changing your tune. They didn't change their tune in yeah. that movie. You're not. You're just looking at it through a different lens. You're trying to be thoughtful about this. What can I be missing? I think that's exactly right. I ask myself all the time. What am I missing here? Because I'm wrong all the time, yeah. as you know. So I'm just trying to learn from my mistakes. Well, here's one thing I, I think it was interesting in Rocky three because
1: he went Hollywood. He was wearing gold trunks. Okay. Yeah, he was. And he was wearing gold trucks. And you never changed your tune on the shiny Maybe metal. Maybe I should gear. have, though. Not well, I mean, listen, it's still acting pretty decently here. We have a chart. I and mean, we got to look at this. This goes back 20 years. You used to trade. I think this chart goes back. Uh, no. When it I, to, I started you, a lot longer okay, before okay. that. Fair, so. fair enough. But look at that thing. This is not a long chart here. And I know some of you guys are going to say chart foul, this and that, throw a flag or whatever. But the lines, they line up pretty well. Those highs there. And look at that thing. We got to a new all time high briefly. And you and I have been talking about it. Why is gold acting this way? We're going to get to Bitcoin in a second. But Bitcoin, which is the digital gold, why was that acting so poorly with inflation readings at 40 year highs? This chart is still pretty constructive here, guy. I think Carter might say cup and handle sort of thing or whatever. I don't know
0: what that is. Look, I'd like to think it's constructive, but it's, you know, you trade up and make those double tops. I mean, we topped out at the levels we saw in August 2020 and we sold off like, Yeah. See, I did that. I was worried that I was going to make the snap, but I actually did it pretty well. That's not particularly encouraging. Again, if we're anything but cold and you said, God, how does this look? I'm like, I don't know. We sort of topped out. We couldn't get through those highs. It doesn't look all that promising to me. I still believe in the gold story. I still believe there's more chapters left here the same way I believe in Crudo. I'll say this, and this is important. Gold is a commodity in name only. Crude oil is a commodity. It has an end use. There's no real end use here. So it's a little bit of a different animal. But I do think the world shakes out right now to the benefit of the gold bulls.
1: Yeah, i just say near-term, we have a one-year chart of gold, the gold futures here. And you look at this thing here, it's still pretty constructive. You see that breakout level from February. You saw that spike. It's reversed here. It's kind of holding that near-term uptrend well above that 200-day moving average. which just flattened out. So that tells you it's definitely in consolidation mode, guy. I don't really think... We're done here yet, but I will say this. And if I asked you this question for two different movies, okay, two different groups of movies mm, here, there's some, there's some interrelation between the Rocky movies mm-hmm. and your favorite, the Godfather movies. Yeah, and if there's, I, there's
0: no. Yeah, there is. Talia Shire.
1: Oh, no. There's That's a the commonality. But, but in terms, there's, okay, here's yeah. the other commonality, and I think this is widely known. If you said Best Godfather and Best Rocky, they both start with the same number. Two. Two.
0: Fair. I'll buy that. that fine? Commonality, then, I like that. Okay, well there you go. All right, let's. Well, I will tell you the original Rocky. He that won Best Picture, didn't it? I think Rocky Two also won. Best Picture, nah, oh, challenge. No, I mean, did, did Godfather One and Two both win Best Picture? I believe Godfather right, well, One. We could go. Someone won. tweet
1: us uh, the at Guy on that one? I'm then. looking
0: down because we have questions coming in, Dan. But please continue. Right, well, let's I'm just looking.
1: quickly hit the dollar here. The U.S. Dollar Index. That is the Dixie here, and we know that from the last time that the Fed started to try to normalize interest rates, they were doing it for different reasons back in 14 15 16 or so we know that the dollar started to rally and interestingly enough crude oil went the opposite way and crude oil was exasperated those moves when the dollar started to spike here's a long-term chart of the u.s dollar index here and you look at this thing going back to those prior periods here look at where we found support and you and i were talking about that 88 90 level for a while what did it mean all there the dollar coming in we u.s multinationals kind of liked it do u.s multinationals mm-hmm. like a strong dollar with st- strong commodities not exactly i'm just curious your take on the dixie here because obviously gold is very much I, it was a
0: year support. ago where i thought the dollar was going to collapse and that was was actually looking like the right call yeah. and that 88 level which i thought we'd go through like i won't say what through a yeah. goose but that's what i thought would happen it did not happen now obviously a lot of things have changed course i think people are looking at dollars a safe haven one which is interesting but that's to really say.
1: relative to the euro which relative is that, yeah, yeah.
0: but also obviously this is a federal reserve that has made very clear they are changing course and that should be extraordinarily supportive of the dollar the reason why in my opinion the dollar isn't even higher than it is now. It's because you have other central banks lining up exactly the same way. So just when all these central banks were accommodative and dollar was coming off, you have now central banks trying to be responsible, which I think is mitigating the upside move. I still think there's room to the upside in the dollar. And almost by definition, if that happens, it's not supportive. I won't say it's a headwind for equities, yeah. but it's not the tailwind that it's been with a weaker dollar. Well, I mean,
1: listen. I mean, the point that you and I would say is that the, you know equities have headwinds right here. You look at the one-year chart of the Dixie, and and you look at that breakout from that really nice uptrend that's been in. It's really you buy every dip there. That looks like a really nice consolidation to buy. So you know your guess is as good as mine as far as what that means for U.S. corporate earnings guidance going forward. In a you know I, I think in a in a you know with visibility is, is about as clear as mud. All right, let's hit this here we're at cme we're in chicago we are we know they trade a lot of future price outside, outside. you look behind i it, mean it's, it's a beautiful it's, day it's here. anything but nice it's literally in the 20s well, it's here, cold i'm just saying but it, this is not you know this sort of weather is not for me we have cme
0: group tweets by the way you should follow cme group because i do and yeah. i retweet their stuff religiously yeah, yeah. as it turns they out they follow look too, cme really group nice. just delivered new options to help you manage cryptocurrency price risk that's important. I mean, the price, think about what crypto's. Going. All right, without okay. shilling, let's just talk I'm about it. I'm not this. shilling. No, no, so, it's so, important. So a
1: couple months ago, they reached, I didn't even
0: know how to spell the, shill. The, I think there's an S in they, the D they they had a very important
1: milestone with Ethereum micro futures. And so we had Brian Kelly, and he came on and we talked about this. And we had a gentleman from CME who is a product specialist. And we we're talking about, okay, so all of a sudden now we're seeing greater institutional adoption. Forget retail, you know. I got my Coinbase account. I trade, you know what I mean? Spot this and that, whatever. The main story, you don't. We're going to work on No, that. I was going to say, yeah. you
0: promised to do it on live television. Oh, we're going to do that. We'll Coinbase. do it on a market
1: call, actually. Okay, But here's the bold case to me about the adoption, and our friend Brian Kelly talks about this a lot, is institutions okay buying these crypto assets. I'm going to call them crypto assets. But what really is making... Institutions get more comfortable with doing that, or all the ways in which they can hedge them, they can leverage them, that sort of thing. So you have micro futures, which are great, I think, for a whole host of different investors, because obviously the contract size is really important. But now there have options on these sorts of things. So I just think that keep an eye on the volumes of these things. Greater volumes means greater adoption. Greater adoption means better tailwinds, I think, for retail investors who are looking at these products. But we got to look at the chart. You gotta look at the, the Bitcoin. Bitcoin. And quickly, I know we're yeah. running out
0: of time, yeah. but I'll say this. If you think about all the products all the things that cme trades they have an effect on your every single thing you do every day of your life whether it's buy a home mortgage groceries energy any of those things and now crypto which is becoming to your point pretty widely used so good for them once again ahead of the curve. back to you but
1: think back to this guy when you were trading commodities let's say 25 35 years all right, thirty-five years ago. Yeah. Okay, at the time there was only you traded the spot, right. right, and you had the futures, and they traded on CME, which, by the
0: way, is the reason I bring up the different months. By the way, in April know, is coming up, know, as you know. I know it's
1: drilled into your head. That's the, a the J. Yeah. April is. Yeah. yeah, but I guess the main point was think about when you started seeing other products being layered onto them, It gave you different opportunities. I guess that you know for hedging and risk management, that sort of thing. And I think that's the main story. But let's look at this Bitcoin chart here, because you know what, this thing looked like it was stuck in a range down, what 30, 40 percent, or so from those November highs, you know, my guess would have been it was going to be breaking that uptrend that Mm -hmm. had been in place. And that uptrend, I don't know, since the summer was kind of precarious at best. That's a really nice breakout about the 200-day moving day. It's a
0: great trend line above the 200-day moving average, 32,000 with support. You drew the lines. I mean, traded down or a couple times, bounced. And now you're starting to see a pretty meaningful bounce. What does it mean? Well, I think you trade on the long side against either that downtrend line or probably better the 200-day moving average. The risk-reward probably sets up a little bit better against the downtrend, but at least you know exactly what your risk is against the 200-day. So if you looked at this and didn't know what it was, textbook breakout, risk-rewards were very well-defined looks pretty good to me
1: you know what's interesting is that you know our friend again brian kelly we're going to keep giving him shout outs and cnbc's fast money right well
0: he might be but he calls it our radio show
1: but it's really a live streaming video show but you know this has become a macro risk asset is what he says and that's really interesting to me because it's still only about two trillion if you look at the market cap of all the products now obviously vc and a lot of the stuff that's going into kind of some of the different protocols and we know that there's you know tons of nfts which are also financial products that sort of sets towards these things is really driving a lot of price performance why do we focus on the charts
0: because they line up pretty well. They trade pretty technically. And now, now they there's do. There's enough There's enough body of work that you can actually look at these Yeah, things. and
1: I guess the other thing is, is keeping eyes on these levels. Sometimes when we see these big moves, we're seeing stops being taken out in the futures markets, or they could be strikes in the options market. So that's really important. One of the ones, and you know that I've talked about this a lot, the Ethereum, ETH. yep, we got it. Is that what they got, call that? Yeah, they, they call it the ETH. We have the micros here. They also have options on the micros we just talked about. Look at that thing. That Even is better. a bit of a rip. And this is one I can put my finger on and I can say, When you think about DeFi, you think about TradeFi, you think about NFTs, you think about the move to proof of stake, which should happen at some point this year, which should be environmentally more friendly, and then obviously could be a bit deflationary once you actually lock up a bunch of the existing ETH. To me, this one is interesting. I buy it on dips. I can't think. If you have a move back to that downtrend, you want to buy it at the convergence of the uptrend and the downtrend. How's that guy?
0: I think of the Hi-Fi. When I was a kid, we used to have the Hi-Fi in our living room. Yes. We used to put it on.
1: Did you but, see that? Tw- I tweeted that thing. You, you were tweeting at the fan. You were tweeting at your buddy, the fan. Sure. You didn't even respond to it. It was an old guy, an old-timey guy with a big, you know, a, a big megaphone. radio. No, it was a big radio. Oh, that's, how you, you, that's how you started listening to the radio. But before we got, yeah, out Well, of here, yeah, I was going
0: to say. It was an RCA radio, by yeah, the way. Okay, so now that Bitcoin is, appears to be breaking out, you say to yourself, who would be a really good guest for ah, Market Call? Okay. If you could have a wish list of guests Given when it comes to the Bitcoin, when it comes to the Bitcoin, who would you want on market call Tuesday, which is tomorrow? Satoshi Nakamoto. He was busy. Okay. I reached out you to do, him. Do you have him on the blower? I do actually. Do? I have okay, his have digits here. No, Michael Saylor, ah, CEO and founder of MicroStrategy. He is joining us tomorrow on one p- call? one p.m. Eastern Time market call. The whole half hour. You know what's so funny? Portland.
1: He could be Satoshi Nakamoto. Would that be the most amazing? That would break. Reb, that wait, would break should, the internet. Should we ask him? Are you allowed to ask him well, that? I don't know. That would be doxing him. Do you know what doxing somebody is? I got my pay doxed
0: uh, no, years that, ago that when was I was doxed. a lifeguard. That was I did doxed. something. All right, listen. So
1: Michael Saylor, CEO of Michael, MicroStrategy, they own one hundred twenty-five thousand bitcoins on their, on their balance, balance sheet. sheet.
0: Yeah. He's going to join us market call tomorrow one Eastern. That's it. One Eastern. Call. We're here, so it's set. we're Central CST. Standard. Yeah throws me off a little it bit. A little like bit. when we got off the plane, it was earlier than we got on the plane today. It's yeah, a crazy it's thing. Right but that's it. That's I mean, wrap this sucker up, Dan, because we got to get out of here. It goes like this. Are you worried there's no copy in the No, thing? the copy is right there. That's it for Market Call. Once again, yeah. thanks to our sponsors. We're here at CME Group. Think where risk meets opportunity yes, it, it was a risk for them to have us here but, but it's an opportunity risk, for actually. us at open exchange they manage the virtual meetings that matter for the top companies around the world hopefully you enjoy this i did tomorrow same time 1 p.m eastern time as i mentioned michael saylor ceo of microstrategies will be with us can't wait later